Take your Bible, if you would, please. Find again the 10th chapter of the book of John today. John chapter 10 will be our text. And uh, so excited to be able to visit this passage of Scripture on the Sunday before Thanksgiving. I'm always amazed at how the Lord organizes and structures and times messages as we preach them verse by verse, chapter by verse, or chapter by chapter, uh, expositorily through the books of the Bible. And it seems like when we get to a certain chapter and a certain verse, it's just wonderfully fitting for either the times that we are celebrating or the times that we are making our way through. Once again, is this true as we come to the 10th chapter of the Gospel of John. If you were with us last week, you know that we were in this wonderful chapter. Um, You know that this chapter opens up with something called a parable. If you have a Bible and you can see a scripture, you will see that word in verse number 6. A parable was a wonderful way that the Lord Jesus would teach. Um, The best way to understand a parable is that the way they taught it to us in Bible college, and I know it's a lot deeper than that, but it's an earthly story that carries with it a heavenly meaning. In essence, the Lord Jesus would take something that was very familiar in the culture, in the practice, or in the mind, or the understanding, and he would speak about it. Um, And he would speak about it in a story form or in a parable form. And often um, they would know the physical story and they would be able to apply the story and understand the meaning of the physical part or the earthly part. However, many times and most of the time, they were not able to ascertain the spiritual part of the parable. And so the Lord Jesus then would have to give an illustration or he would have to give an explanation of the parable. Not only did they many times miss the spiritual meaning of the story, but when they did get it, they were miffed. You know what the word miffed means, right? Uh, matter of fact, if you look at verse number 31 of the chapter, you would find that this would be the response many times to a parable. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. A parable was a unique way that Jesus would speak to the spiritually blind and deaf of Israel. I say spiritually blind and deaf. I could also substitute the word spiritual with willful. Nobody in this room would ever volunteer for for physical blindness or physical deafness. Your sight and your hearing are not two things that you are going to willingly give up. However, 
when it came to spiritual sight and spiritual hearing, often the Lord Jesus would run into folks that were willfully blind or deaf. Willfully in the fact that they had made a choice to be blind or to be deaf. And that choice spiritually would be to the negligence or the rejection of the Lord Jesus. So oftentimes parables were given to the leadership of Israel. Spiritual leadership of Israel. Let me pause just a second and say the spiritual leadership that influences your life is important. Because it is important, you want to make sure that any spiritual leadership or influence in your life comes from the living word of God. Not everything that is spiritual is biblically spiritual. There is a difference between biblical spiritualism and spiritism. You must understand that. The spiritual leadership of Israel, according to the Lord Jesus, had become criminal. It had become dangerous. It had become We know the Lord's mind on this as we visit the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah and the book of Ezekiel. That the spiritual leadership of Israel as a nation often was referred to as pastors and, and other spiritual leaders. But they had turned on the people. They had become willfully spiritually blind and willfully spiritually deaf. Jesus said they were blind leaders of the blind. In John chapter 10, in verse number 21, we're very careful to understand that the parable was given in response to what was happening in John chapter 9. In John chapter 9, if you have a study Bible, at the beginning of the chapter, it may say something like, Man born blind receives sight. Jesus had um, found this man that was born blind while he was passing by. Jesus restores his physical sight. Later, he restores his spiritual sight in the chapter as the man comes to faith in believing that Jesus is the Son of God. The chapter ends in verse number 40 and 41 with the Pharisees aggressively confronting the Lord Jesus. They attributed physical blindness to sin. They thought that this man was born blind because either his parents had sinned or somehow he had sinned inside the womb. Therefore, when they meet Jesus and they see this guy... Sir, who who did sin, this man or his parents? Jesus says, neither of them has sinned, but this child was born that God may work the works of God and that God would be glorified 
in him and through him. The way that the spiritual leadership attested physical blindness to some type of sin, therefore, because these spiritual leaders did not deal with physical blindness, they thought themselves to be better than other folks. They weren't born crippled. They weren't born with a syndrome. They weren't born deaf. They weren't born blind. Therefore, that was just much more evidence that they somehow were approved of God and these folks weren't. Let me pause and say time out. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I don't care if you're red, yellow, black, or white. I don't care if you're an American, an African, or an Asian. I don't care if you're a man or you are a woman. Every one of us was born a sinner. Okay? The spiritual leadership of Israel, they they denied that fact. They wanted to reject that fact. I find that many folks today will go to their grave denying the fact that they are a sinner. Problem is, beyond the grave, there is God. Pastor, are you telling me that those church people are better than me? Pastor, do you know I work with some of those church people, and those people can say bad words. By the way, church people can say bad words. They shouldn't, but they do. Pastor, those people are my neighbors. You know, you should see the alcohol they drink. Pastor, I know those people, and those people are involved in this. Pastor, I don't, I don't abuse my wife. I've never cheated on my husband, a wife would say. We pay most of our taxes. <laughs> we, we take care of our folks. We're good citizens. How, how dare you say that, that, that we're sinners in need? Here's the problem. Pastor doesn't say it. God says it. One day you're going to stand before God. And the books are going to be open. And people that deny that they are sinners are going to stand before the judge of all the earth. And the book is going to be open that has everything that you've ever done in your life, every sin against God. That is going to be exposed to those people that are at the great white throne judgment. The Bible says in that moment, you're... Your mouth will be shut and you won't say anything because you'll see guilt right there in the book. For those people that have to stand before Jesus denying they were a sinner, denying they needed a savior, the Bible says in that moment they will receive their assignment. Assignment, Pastor. Right. If somebody dies today without the Lord Jesus as their Savior, they go to a place called hell. Not purgatory. They don't float around. They're not annihilated. The Bible says when I die, I immediately go to one of two places. I'm either absent from the body and present with the Lord, 
or I'm absent from the body and I'm absent from the presence of God in a place called hell. By the way, if you believe that, would you say amen to that? At the great white throne judgment, people will have already been in a place called hell. The Bible says that the lake of fire, hell and death will be cast in the lake of fire. At the great white throne judgment, you receive your assignment of what level of hell you will have. Level of hell, pastor? Yeah. Even Jesus said about those cities that it would be better for other cities than them because they had less opportunity than they did. Somebody denies, like the spiritual leadership of Israel, denies Jesus, and they stand before God one day, they've had all this opportunity, that suffering is going to be horrific. Now, that could be me, should be me. I'm a sinner. I deserve to go to hell. But one day, I receive the Lord Jesus as my Savior, his blood covered my sin. My name's been written down in the Lamb's book of life. And when I die, it'll be absent from the body present with the Lord. If that's you, say amen. amen. But these people just denied the Lord. So the Lord taught them in a parable. And the Lord gave this beautiful parable about a door. Right? I preached this last week. I hope every door that you went through this last week, you thought about Jesus. And Jesus says, he told this parable about, about the sheepfold. They full well know the sheepfold. They knew the sheep. They knew the shepherd. They knew the story. They knew how all of that happens. What they missed out on was the spiritual thing. And Jesus says to them, fellas, you're supposed to be the shepherds, but you're thieves and you're robbers. Why would you call us a thief and a robber? Because you, you don't come through the door of, to get to the sheep, fellas. I'm the door. So in essence, what he's telling them, stay with me. You call yourself spiritual. You hate me. You call yourself a spiritual leader and you reject me. And you say that you're the shepherd of Israel and you've got this big flock. But you're not coming through the door. You're coming up the wall and you're coming in through the top. Fellas, you know in the sheepfold... If somebody's coming over the wall, they're a thief and they're a robber. Only the true shepherd comes through the door. Fellas, the sheepfold of Israel has a door. I'm it. I'm it. I'm their Messiah. I'm the Son of God. I'm the one they've been waiting. And you deny me. And you will not come through the door. Even the pastor needs to be saved. Amen? So if you're a spiritual leader and you deny Jesus, then, 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 then you're not an honest shepherd. Verse number nine, Jesus said to them, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And shall go in and out and find pasture. Beautiful illustration. Now he continues in verse number 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Everybody knows that. I am come that they might have, say it class, life 
and that they might have it how? More abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, he sees the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeteth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is and hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, Them also I must bring. That makes me want to come out of my shoes and say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Pastor, I don't understand that. You will in a minute, and you're coming out of your shoes. Hope your feet smell good. (laughs) And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father say it, class, love me, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. I love verse number 18. It just brings the tremendous authority to the Lord Jesus. No man taketh it, his life, from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. There's two illustrations in the parable. The parables of the sheepfold, they all understood what that was. There's the door illustration that if you're going to be in the fold, you must come through the door. Even the leaders of the, form, of, the, of, the, of the sheep, even the shepherds must come through the door, which the nation of Israel had rejected the Lord Jesus. The second part of it was the good shepherd. These were unfaithful shepherds. These were men that had led the people astray. These were men that were considered to be a hireling. These were men that had evidence that they did not care for the sheep. They did not own the sheep. They did not know the sheep, and the sheep did not know them. And we know that strangers, according to verse number 5, the sheep would not follow, but they would flee from him. I want to take... The next 10, 12 minutes. And I just want to remind you of the good shepherd to those of us that know the Lord, to those of us that have been saved, to those of us that know the Lord Jesus. He's the shepherd of our soul. There's four reasons I believe in this passage he's called good. Would you write them down? I'm going to give them to you early. He's called good because of his purpose. Verse number 10. He's called good because of his passion. Verses 11 to 13. He's called good because of his patience, verse number 14. He's called good because of his persistence, in verse number 16. I'll do them again. His purpose in verse number 10. His passion in verse 11 to 13. His patience in verse number 14. And his persistence in verse number 16. His purpose, 
So opposite is his as the shepherd's purpose over the thief's purpose. Look, if you would, at verse number 10. Of course, you understand why a thief comes. First off, a thief comes to steal. Sometimes there's danger in stealing and then ends up into a murder or to kill. Sometimes a thief comes to destroy everything that has happened. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life. The purpose of the Lord Jesus in coming to the earth is so that you and I can have eternal life. The purpose for the shepherd coming to the sheep is that the sheep could have life. There is no eternal life without the Lord Jesus. Not only did Jesus come for eternal life, but he also came for the abundant life, the physical life. So opposite is this of the thief. We have so many thieves in our culture today. They present themselves to be spiritual. They present themselves to be truthful. They present themselves to be honest. They present themselves to be teachers. They present themselves as to be able to direct you into life. My friend, anyone or anything that directs you away from the life of Jesus is a false teacher. I am come. Why did Jesus come to the earth? He came to the earth so that you and I could have eternal life. He came to become a man, to walk the face of the earth, to live a sinless life. He comes so that he could go as the Savior to the cross and to give his life for our sin, to shed his blood, to cover our sin. My friend, if you want eternal life, eternal life is found in Jesus Christ. Oh, I wish I could just teach the world this. So many people think eternal life has come through destiny. Eternal life has come through some type of fate. Eternal life has just come by some type of heritage, some type of church membership, some type of baptism, some type of spiritual work or spiritual moment. My friend, eternal life, heaven, spiritual life can only come by Jesus Christ. That was his purpose. Not only is Jesus good for our salvation and our eternal life, but he's also to bring life abundantly upon the earth. I don't know a better life than the life in Jesus Christ. Sometimes people ask me, Pastor, do you ever regret getting saved? The answer to that would be no. Pastor, do you ever regret living a Christian life? No. Pastor, do you, ever, do you, do you miss out on fun? I don't know what you mean by fun. If you mean by fun being adulterous or being drunk or being high or being a gambler or being a free spirit, the answer to that would be no. I'd rather have Jesus than anything. Pastor, I look at the Christian life as a prison. My friends, the Christian life is not a prison, it's a person, and there's no height, no depth, and no limit to the person of the Lord Jesus. Jesus is the good shepherd for his purpose. Understand, you were on your way to hell. We were sheep that were going astray. We were lost in our sin. We could not save us. Thieves came, and they tried, they they did us damage, but one came to give his life. One came with passion. Look, if you would, at verse number 11. I am the good shepherd. 
The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. They understood that as a shepherd. He contrasts that with a hireling who sees the wolf coming and the hireling runs away and leaves the sheep. I'm so glad that the Lord Jesus didn't run away from me as a sinner, but he came and gave his life for me as a sinner. Look at the passion of the Lord Jesus in laying down his life. The reason for that in verse 13, the hireling fleeth because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. Nobody cares more for you than God cares for you. You know, the world just doesn't understand. But you have the opportunity to hear my voice. and You have the opportunity to sit here. So just listen a second, especially if you're not a Christian. You were born in your sin under the condemnation of our sin headed to an eternity without God. Built within us was no desire for righteousness, no desire to turn around on our own, no ability to do anything about ourselves. We were wayward. We were lost. And really and truthfully, no man cared for our soul until Jesus came. Pastor, nobody in this world cares for me. I'm not married. I have no friends. I don't do well at work. I can't find anybody. It seems like what starts never finishes. Nobody listens to my problems. Nobody helps me. Nobody thinks about me. Nobody provides for me. Pastor, My own mother and father can't stand aside of me. These are things a pastor hears. It's such a joy to tell them, there's one that cares for you. And he proved it when he died for your sin to give you eternal life. His name is Jesus. So patient is the good shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, verse 14, and I know my sheep. You know, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but I found this to be true. People are idiots. We're weird, man. People are nuts. If you don't believe that, that people are nuts, weird, and can be idiots... When I'm done today, get in your car and drive to the Sawgrass Mills Mall (laughs) to walk around. You know, I found, really and truthfully, and this is going to come out horribly, so just take it a second. I'm not a perfect person. I've been married for 26 years. I knew Beverly five years before we got married. She, she's probably had to do more adjusting in our marriage than I've had to do. But I have found if you're really going to have friends and if you're going to really develop relationships, you got to learn how to be patient with people. I find that most of the time in relationships, you're the one that has to kind of make the adjustments the other person makes very few adjustments, but if I want that relationship to work, then I'm making the adjustment, and I, and I got to adapt to patience. 
It takes patience to get to know people. It takes patience to deal with people. It takes patience to be around people. It takes patience not to kill everybody on the earth. How patient Jesus is with us. You know, when you, you, you think about a shepherd, you should read on this shepherd. In the way that he cares for the sheep the whole day, the morning, throughout the afternoon, the daytime, the way he puts the sheep. Nobody has more patience than a shepherd. Beverly was making fun of my patience the other day. She said, explain something to me. She says, you go fishing for eight hours. You make within that 10,000 cast. You catch maybe two fish. You can't come to the mall with me for 30 minutes and not lose your mind. Don't tell me you don't have patience. Right? You know, God's patient with, with my failure. He's patient with my stubbornness. He's faithful. I love how this patience unfolds. Look, if you would, please, at verse number three. To him the porter openeth. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. He leadeth them out. When he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. It's the week of Thanksgiving. If you're a Christian in the room, would you say amen? amen? And Jesus is your good shepherd. He deserves your gratitude for his patience. His faithfulness. His kindness. You know, if you really want to get to know somebody, really the first step is you've got to learn their name. You can't really call yourself a friend if you don't know my name. You might be an acquaintance. We may be work buddies. We might have some things in common. But if you're going to be my friend, you got to know my name. Jesus knows your name. So many times people ask me questions. Pastor, Does he know what's going on in my life? Does he know I feel this way? Does he know I battle this? Does he know I need this? The shepherd knows everything about the sheep. He cares for the sheep. He's patient to the sheep. Let me just say a word about sheep. Sometimes sheep are prone to wander. Spiritually Christian, sometimes we're prone to wander. I wish I had my benches. Beverly took my benches and put these up here. But So sometimes we're in the sheepfold of the Lord. And we look out into the world and we see sheep that don't have a shepherd. And they're living the high life. They make money. Turn this thing on. They make money. They party. They're free-spirited. They look like they don't have a care in the world. They're out there living life. And sometimes as a Christian, you kind of think, man, I'm in this fold over here, but 
they, they sure like, look like they're having a better time than I am. And if you're not careful, the old devil will tell you, well, you kind of got a mean shepherd. And you can just hear the other sheep saying, will your shepherd let you come out and play? Come on. Oh, I, 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 I can't go over there and be drunk out of my mind. Why can't you come over with us? Well, it's not really what I want to do. It's not really what the shepherd wants me to. Come on. Come out. Look at us. We, we don't have a care in one. It's okay. Man, you're all bundled up in that life. You've got problem and difficulty and all these things. Won't you want to just be free like us over here? Here's a problem. I'm as a sheep in the fold of the Lord, right? A fold has walls and it has a door that protects me. That sheep is out here, no shepherd, no walls, no protection, no love, and they're dancing like they're free. They don't see the wolf coming. They don't see the danger. And when the wolf shows up, they're destroyed. Makes me so thankful for my shepherd who watches over me. Don't lose patience with Jesus. He's the good shepherd. He's persistent. Verse 16 other sheep I have which are not of this fold. That word fold is the nation of Israel. Other sheep are Gentiles. If you're a Gentile in this room, you understand that you were not born a Jew. You understand that salvation came to the Jew first. The fact that we're able to be saved is of the grace and mercy of God. Other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold. That's the church. And one shepherd. The shepherd is good because he's persistent. He's still rescuing and looking for lost sheep. You might be here today and you don't have a shepherd for your soul. You feel the loneliness of not having the Lord as your Savior. You feel the burden of life, the consequence of sin. You feel the darkness. You feel a lack of belonging. You feel the lack of security, of peace, of love, and of joy. I want you to know something. There's a shepherd looking for you. His name is Jesus. And when he finds you, you have one of two choices. Look at verse number five. A stranger, they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. When the Lord Jesus finds you, you can either see him as a stranger and want nothing to do with him and run from him, or you can see him as a shepherd and you can run to him and have eternal life. 
and be brought into his fold. I'll close my message with 1 Peter chapter 2, if you would turn there. I would love to read it in preparation for tonight. 1 Peter chapter 2. I just love the way that these verses are written. They bless me. Thank you for turning in your Bibles. Speaking of the Lord Jesus, verse 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Verse number 25, for ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. If that's your testimony, would you say amen? That's enough to say thank you, God. That's enough to enjoy Thanksgiving. He's the good shepherd. His purpose proves that. His passion proves that. His patience proves that. And his persistence proves that. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, tonight we will come to the table of the Lord. This morning, we're just being reminded that you're the good shepherd, Lord Jesus. You gave your life for the sheep. You know them by name care for them. You're seeking out others. I wonder with heads bowed and eyes closed if I could just finish by talking to the Christian first. Christian, don't lose patience with the shepherd. The Bible says when he leadeth his own out he goes before them. He knows where the problems are. He knows where the pasture is. He knows where the provision is. He knows where the protection is. Don't look at the world and see them as sheep that are free-spirited. They're vulnerable. The wolf's coming. You have a Savior. He lives in your heart. Pastor, I just feel like I'm led in some difficult, dangerous moments. I know. But the shepherd that will give his life for the sheep, he's not going to quit on the sheep. He's not going to let the wolf get you. He's not going to let the problem kill you. He's going to protect you. Shepherd's got a rod and shepherd's got a staff. Don't go away from the shepherd. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a shepherd for your soul. Jesus is looking for you. He wants to save you. He wants you to come through him as the door and have everlasting life. That's why he came. So you could have life and you could have it more abundantly. Maybe today you'd like to, in a moment, 
come forward and let us take a Bible, take a moment or two and show you how you could come to faith in Jesus and find him as the shepherd of your soul. We'd love that opportunity. Heavenly Father, I sense your presence in the room. I sense your tenderness in the room. I sense your working in our hearts and our minds. Don't let the Christian lose patience with the shepherd. He's so patient with us. Help us to have patience. Lord, if there's a lost sheep out there who would like to be saved, don't let them see Jesus as a stranger. Let them see him as a shepherd and come forward. Let us take a Bible and show them how to be saved. We trust you and thank you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'll ask you to stand. Our song of invitation is page number 480. It'll be on the screen. So fitting. It's only trust him. Only trust him now. Men are here. Ladies are here to pray with you if you want prayer. Some are here with a Bible ready to show you how you could come to faith in Christ if that's your desire. Our altar is open. You come as God leads you. so much for listening. I want to get you out on time today so you'll come back tonight. Tonight the hymns will prepare us. Tonight the scripture readings will prepare us. We will go to the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah and we will go to the 23rd Psalm and we'll be reminded that we were sheep going astray and that Jesus rescued us and that he is the shepherd of our lives. And when you go to take the symbol of the body and you drink the symbol of the blood, it'll be a wonderful moment of communion, and you'll feel the peace of that moment and the joy of having the Lord Jesus as your shepherd. Our song to go out, count your many blessings. See you back tonight. God bless you.
When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed When you are discouraged thinking all is lost Count your many blessings, name them one by one And it will surprise you what the Lord has done Count your blessings, name them one by one Count your blessings, see what God has done Count your blessings, name them one by one Count your many blessings, see what God has done God bless you, all you are dismissed